If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, my name is Tina Amini, and welcome to IGN's Red Dead Redemption 2 spoiler cast. I'm joined by Destin Legary. Bam. John Ryan. Howdy. And Casey DeFritis. Hello. Thank you guys for joining. We have a lot to talk about. Oh my God, so um, much. So much to talk about. There's horses, there's feelings, the characters, the story. We're going to be talking about our favorite moments, the uh, ending, the second ending, the Spoiler third warning. ending. The third ending. Yeah, there's All many the endings. endings. The post game, there's tons to talk about. Yeah, if you missed the giant spoiler warning that came up at the head of this video. <laughs> For the spoiler cast. Yeah, mm. do not watch the rest of this unless you finish the game. Yes, please don't. Not like 100% completion, because that's like impossible. Yeah. Exactly, especially at this Just point. the story. Real. Yeah. Just finish the story. Finish yeah, both epilogues and then yeah. come back. And then come back to this. So let's start off kind of generally speaking. What did you guys think worked? What did you like? What didn't you like? So for me, story-wise, one of my favorite parts was how they crafted this group of protagonists, sure. sort of. <laughs> Anti-protagonists. And, <laughs> and we kind of watch them fall apart as a group. And it leads right into the next game, the original Red Dead Redemption, and seeing how they've fallen apart and he becomes totally evil. The Vanderlyn. Mr. Vanderlyn Mr. Mr. The Vanderlyn. <laughs> yes. It's a really and, natural and progression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. can kind of see where it starts, where he starts breaking at the seams, you know, as a character. And I haven't seen that in a game before. Yeah. Not done this well. I think that, I mean, we'll get into this in a couple minutes, I'm sure, because mm -hmm. I know you and I have we a We can lot get right of, into it. No, 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 no. We'll get there. I think, well, as a whole, I really, yes. truly love the, the whole shebang. I think... They do, Rockstar does a really phenomenal job of telling the story that they want to tell with the gang and with Arthur and Dutch and John and Sadie and the rest, and then also giving you the space to tell your own story in the world at large. Um, and I think for me, honestly, like that's the big draw for me of most Rockstar games is the world itself. So for me, it's much more a game about the world as opposed to the main story, but the story itself um, is, is solid. So your favorite character is the world? <laughs> That's it right there. Yeah, My favorite character I mean, is everyone. Um, no, I mean, I, I legitimately, like, I love Arthur. I, I do. He's flawed in, in a good way. Right, exactly, yeah. Like, the fact that it's it's a story about a man, like, reckoning with his demons, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, being like, have I wasted my life? Oh, no, I've wasted my life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's that's not, Yeah, it's not even just the reckoning of, of demons. It's, it's also just the fact that he's, like, struggling to figure out, am I doing the right thing? It's, like, mm -hmm. a morality thing yeah. where he's trying to figure out, who am I following? Am I following them for the right mm -hmm. reasons? And it's so fascinating to see that as Dutch unravels. Yeah. To yeah. see him kind of grapple with that. Yeah. He's loyal to Dutch to a fault. Yeah. And, and it's really sort of fascinating Until it's too to late. see someone. Exactly. Yeah. I so I came into this game having never played the first one and knowing nothing about it, literally nothing. I didn't know that Dutch was destined to be a, a bad guy. Yeah. I, I so I was watching. Which is fun. fascinating for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that must, I'm really curious to know. And they did a really fantastic job at not giving anything away. They treated it as its standalone story without assuming that the player already knew what was going to happen. Because I didn't, I had no idea until I was very near the end and then heard people talking about it in the office. And it's like, 
oh yeah, like it's crazy that you get to see Dutch turn into the bad guy. And I was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. oh no. I felt, I felt <laughs> yeah. really bad. Yeah. We spoiled it for yeah. Kirk. Oh, what no. we were talking about. Yeah, our yeah. IGN's very own Kirk Carson. If you're watching this, I'm re- still really sorry about <laughs> that. Bad. Um, yeah, I sent him a memo and was like, hey, blah, 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 Dutch being a bad guy. And he was like, Dutch is the bad guy? <laughs> like, yeah. oh no, I'm <laughs> yeah. so bad. Yeah, I had no idea. And that was the kind of thing where I, the very from the very first mission, I had a bad taste in my mouth about Micah because of how he chased Sadie around the house, and I was like, "Oh, like that's not oh, yeah. that's not yeah. cool." He's gross as hell. But he's Dutch, an on the nose villain. Yeah, yeah, but Dutch presented himself as a very honorable man, even if he is a thief and a gang leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's okay, you're safe now, and that kind of like told me like, okay, he is the leader of a gang of. Bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, come on, like we're we're bad guys. We murder, we steal, we're yeah. not good people. We're not the most wholesome. But he's not right. the worst. Yeah, I mean it's that notion. He it's has that not kind of like not to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting that you didn't you couldn't really tell about Dutch until the end because since I knew that he was gonna end up being the bad guy, there were these moments where I was like, ah, that mm-hmm. that's right there. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. a little piece peeking through. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to me that it didn't really fully come through for you until the end. And I think that speaks to for Arthur Morgan, the same yeah. thing where like he doesn't really know. And this is somebody he spent most of his mature life with. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to just turn around basically to your father figure and say, actually now I'm going to to just completely abandon you. Yeah. And like, I, you're a dick dad. I also, yeah. I had faith in Dutch as a yeah. stressed person who wanted to do his best by his people and didn't know how to do that. And he kept trying. And I didn't start, I started questioning him when he kept repeating himself, just one more heist, just one more, just one more. It's like, oh, that's, you and keep saying that, man. Like, yeah. how how many times can we believe you? And I didn't start distrusting him as a character until after that bank heist went entirely wrong and we ended up the one in chap- at the end of chapter four, you mean? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, now that we're like fully into this Dutch conversation, mm-hmm. let's, let's get fully into <laughs> no. no, no, no. I'm prepared for it. This is the most fascinating part. I think there's, I had the same kind of idea where it felt like he was just getting into harder crimes to get into mm-hmm. harder crimes to, as a solution. Harder is in more difficult or harder is in more harder difficult. as in more. Yeah. More desperate. So more yeah. in the sense more of like, risky. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. So in the beginning it was very much like there was a possibility that, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be getting away with a score and not come up with like a huge yeah. bounty on their head. Um, but I liked what Charles said at one point I think it was towards the end he was talking to Arthur and he said all this death and for what just so we can have enough money and run away from what we've done and it's true and that's the piece that like um, that Dutch never really understood that like he was getting them further further into their hole Mm -hmm. and that's what Arthur was trying to tell him the whole time it's interesting that you say that because that's potentially why he was so blind to what Micah was doing because in retrospect it's pretty obvious he shows up with two strange guys he Mm -hmm. he is broken out of prison kills everybody in the town and then sort of runs away they're constantly getting caught after that moment and Dutch is an intelligent like someone must be a mole here exactly and Dutch is quite intelligent it's almost like he didn't want to see the evil in front of him. Yeah, I mean, the more Including desperate you get in a situation to retain control, not necessarily over a group of people, just like in your life in general, like the easier it is to say like, oh, this person agrees with me so I can trust them. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when you have someone like Micah, who like everybody else can be like, this yeah. is a piece of shit, I hate yeah. this yeah. guy. Yeah. But when he's acting all sycophantic and he's like, no, 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 it's like, trust me, I got your best interest at heart. I just want what's best for everybody. It's yeah. fine. Like, it's, it's difficult to see someone spiraling out of control and become that desperate that they will believe whatever they want to hear to grasp onto their false sense of reality. Yep. And that's kind of what we have with Dutch because you have someone backing up his beliefs and telling him he's right, even though from the outside looking in, that's obviously wrong. It's the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Or Arthur really did have his best interest, but Arthur's opinions unraveled how he saw reality and how he saw loyalty and how he saw what he thought is best. And that cognitive dissonance was just too much for him. And he couldn't believe Arthur. So JR and I have been having this like massive debate debate. (laughs) about Dutch. Um, And I like, I think we actually agree, but the biggest thing for me is that I, I feel like Dutch is the kind of character where it's really his ego driving him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, you know, he believes in himself. And anytime like Arthur brings up something very valid and says, we shouldn't have done that heist or we shouldn't do this. Or why did you kill that poor woman who just led us through the tunnel? You know, right. she was helping us out. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, every time he tries to confront Dutch, it, the problem is, is he has to confront his own ego. And that becomes like the biggest obstacle for him. And that is turns him into the villain because he's essentially like, 
too afraid to confront the fact but, that like maybe other people doubt him. At so all. that's the thing for me is that I don't think by the end of the game, this Dutch, is our debate. Dutch isn't really a villain. He's just kind of this beleaguered dude who sees all of this bad shit happening around him, guy. and he's just like, uh, "Refresh my memory. Doesn't he murder his girlfriend basically in cold blood?" Or was no, that, that was, no? That's that Mr. Grimshaw. Uh, that's Mr. Susan, Scott, which like deserved, but you know. But like, also totally not though. No, because she wasn't out. actually the mole. She's not she didn't around. actually she do anything. She only talked to them. No, we she find did out though, didn't she? No, we no. learned. Yeah. We learned later. Pinkertons tell us that one of the very last missions that Molly never talked. Yeah, she didn't give him up. She didn't do it. It was all Micah. She also ratted the group. She came in and told everyone that because she was so desperate Uh, for Dutch's attention. Like I that's just dumb. I I thought about that. Like every time she tried to talk to you, Arthur and everyone else would just cast her to the side and not say anything. And I was thinking Mm -hmm. this is gonna come back to bite all Mm -hmm. of you. Yeah. Yeah. You're just ignoring this poor woman. The very first time she's like, Hey, Arthur, have you seen Dutch around? I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but so like my real issue with with the Dutch arc Mm -hmm. is that we sort of see him as a man like, yes, he's totally like puts his escape, his needs, his desire to put and like get out of the situation that he's in ahead of the rest of the group. And that is a shitty thing to do. But like what I don't see is I don't what I don't see is the arc between. Uh, OK, so in the first Red Dead, I know you haven't played this, but in the end of the first Red Dead, there's this mission where it's the first time that John and Dutch are face to face for the first time mm-hmm. after ostensibly years after that moment that comes at the end of the second epilogue. Yep. Um, and they have their little repartee, and then Dutch is about to escape, couldn't get away, talk, like almost scot free, and decides. Oh, you can see it on the screen right here. Um, mm-hmm. If you're watching the video version, he has a um, hostage. He has a hostage, and he's then cornered. to get out of the situation, he's almost about to get out the door. He is out the door. He can be totally fine if he just walks out the door right now. But instead, he murders this woman for no reason other than to say "fuck you, John Marston." And he does have moments where he does that. Like um, he doesn't though. Where he no 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 he has moments where he just pulls the trigger because he wants to one up somebody. Not not in two I well, don't think he, I don't no, think he murders that old lady. But when also, there's a difference. There's between, no reason for but that. But there's a di- but there's a di- there is a difference between I'm paranoid so I'm going to kill this person because I think they'll squeal on me, mm-hmm. versus well, I'm just going to kill this person for sport. What about Angelo Bronte? He like that. He killed he was, that person because he challenged him. True. Angela Bronte was like, "Oh, I get it. We're of the same ilk in the sense that you know you have a way with words, and you're actually just manipulating every it's moment." The same thing with uh, with Cornwall, Cornwall, Leviticus, Cornwall. You just shot Cornwall that guy. is the is the yep. only one that I think of that that I think and, I really agree. I Angela, Angela Bronte was like revenge. They kidnapped like, the child. And, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like he. He like had you know with with the Braithwaite woman, um, mm-hmm. he like burned their entire plantation down, killed all her sons. So I think like we pretty much thing. balanced yeah. it out. We Angelo see, Bronte see him bruised a brutal his side, ego. It, like, that's what it was. Dutch, it bruised his Dutch ego. Is- Angelo it had Bronte nothing to set do with Jack. It had everything to do with, well, uh, yes, with sort of. Dutch. I think it was because he was insulted because the guy was like, "Oh, you look dirty. You should clean up for the party," and but he if, just didn't like that insult. But Angelo Bronte set them on that mission to go rob the right. thing that yeah, had nothing in it. Yeah, and he his plan was for them to die, but they didn't. So, so that's that, it was a revenge story. That's my thing. Is that in like, my mind for all of those kills, which are admittedly like really brutal, and where they, where you see that psychopathic part of Dutch. For every one of those, you also see a moment where he is beleaguered and regretting what he has to do and sad. And they and it feels like they're trying to make him sympathize. Talk? I don't think it is. I think I think be, based on the very end, when depending on what ending you got, um, when Arthur is either like lying there, be like <laughs> all tuberculosis yeah. or he's sitting mm-hmm. there with oh. knives in his ribs. Um, yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of endings there, super fun. We'll get to that in a second. But he dies. That's the end. I'm While right. Arthur's lying there dying. Dutch has this genuine, like, um, like really bummed out look about him. And it's like those moments I feel are genuine for him. That's how you read his facial expression in that moment? Yeah, I don't I, I don't think it was it was like evil or malice or anything. I think I it was, it was I think it was I, just conceit. I think it was he's giving up. I think so too, but I think it was also just wrapped up in this idea of like he felt his own failure. And so it wasn't even about, oh, Lenny died and Hosea died and everyone else died and the like the whole camp that depended on me at one point in time is going to be struggling forward now because of the decisions I made. It's more about I failed. I'm not as hot shit that I thought I was. Yeah. Which I, th- I, think, I would say is pretty evil. Yeah. Well, I think down to the core, he's just a manipulative narcissist. I 100%. He Almost is incredibly charismatic and he only does that because he needs 
other people to see him the way that he sees himself. And when anyone ever challenges that, it bruises his ego and he punishes that person for doing it. Yep. Exactly. And- Which is what I felt Angelo Bronte was. But this this idea of like like the ego thing is really interesting to me because I think that he actually never really like in the arguments with Arthur, I think he never actually addresses what Arthur is accusing him of. He's like, no, listen, dude, always- I'm just trying to tell you you're going a little overboard here. Right. And he's just like, no, stop like, not having faith in me. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, how do you not have loyalty? What happened to the loyalty? Yep. And I think that's great. But uh, like, I would I would have loved to see a little bit more of like. Setting the scene for that. Setting 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 him up as like being okay with his more psychotic urges for for like unsubstantiated reasons, like Bronte, the woman in the cave, um, Cornwall, all of those. If you're a fucking crazy person, can make excuses for those. That's what he wants out of you. Don't fall into his. No, trap no, no. no. What, I, what I'm just saying is like he can rationalize it in his own mind, yeah. except yeah. for that woman in the bank in Red Dead One. So in Red Dead One, I think he does that because he needs a distraction to allow him time to get away. And if he hadn't done that, and they weren't trying to save her during those moments, they're, she, they're they not. They were her. not going to save her, and they knew it. That so, w- I, I, I think it was plan not. I mean, it's all malicious. You thought it was a means to an end? It was a means to an end. It wasn't just because he's a murderer. All right, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think like his his fellow gang members feel like it is, like they, they sense that there's something extra aggressive about it because mm-hmm. when he drowned Angelo Bronte, or they actually reference There's early discomfort. On. Yeah, there's discomfort. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, tension in the, in the gang. And it just it indicates, I think, this unraveling that Dutch is going through where once upon a time they could have faith in him. And so he is charismatic and he's a very capable gunslinger. So there's you can tell that there's like reasons why people have been behind Dutch for so long. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like he is this person who's brought them through, but then he has these moments where he takes things overboard because his ego is taken over and he's like, I'm the leader and everything I say goes. Yeah. I do and I do really like that. It's just like I feel like there are there could have been a little bit more upfront about that. Like there's this great conversation that Arthur has with Sadie in there towards the end of the game, uh, where he tells her a story about when Dutch he was younger, he'd robbed a house and Dutch was like really pissed at him for it. And he was basically said, like, that dude was too poor to rob. And what you did was no different than what the government does. That's why mm-hmm. we fight against them. He does have morals. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Mean, even though I think there was this moment of a little bit of redemption. Uh, 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 <laughs> there was this tiny moment of redemption where disgusting. when he like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he used the word. It's an appropriate word. Yeah. So he uses, he, he like, when he gets up and just immediately he's, he's just like, they took Jack. Like, we're going. And like mm-hmm. everyone, yeah. he took everyone. And also that moment where you're coming up on the house. Oh, dude, that was so uh, good. That was like, so what a, yeah, good. What a, I took 20 screenshots. It was just. Oh, me too. Yeah, it was I just a like really great, powerful moment because you roll deep and mm-hmm. you go in mm-hmm. and you're just like, at that moment, it's like everyone remembers this is why we're behind Dutch yeah. because yeah. when one of us gets messed with, he like really goes for it. Well, they really are a family. Yeah. yeah, They really are a family and, and especially, you know, for a child. So I think there are these moments where there's no gray area and Dutch can kind of prove himself again and also throw his whole gang off balance. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, I don't know. Like now he's being like normal Dutch again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just that. Uh, That's it, how those people are in real life too. Like I've known people like that and they yes. will go, one way and the other and you never know which way it's going yeah. to go and you yep. want to trust them because they've proven themselves before yes, but exactly. at the end of the day like it's you, the, to, it's you the don't want to deal with that. that you mm-hmm. have yeah. to consider. Yeah. You just yeah. got to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, which is why I think he's. It's such a beautiful caricature because that is something that's so relatable that you mm-hmm. know we've probably all run into somebody like that in the past before. Yeah. And his classic avoidance measures too of like not even arguing the argument. He's arguing that you're even arguing the argument. Yes, right. Like what <sighs> genius? I, I yeah. hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did such a they did such a good job. It's, with it's yeah. good and bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I found myself wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt way past I sh- past I should have like yeah yeah I mean that's the thing it's like you know I don't I the, no part of me like dislikes him as a character like I still mm-hmm. really dig what they've done with Dutch there it's just like I would have liked to see a little bit more like a, just a scope more, more setup is what you wanted yeah well but especially I, because of the way this game ends mm-hmm. like from from the very end of that last mission red dead redemption into the epilogue and into the end of the epilogue and the second epilogue <laughs> and then the post game all of this is just spilling over itself into the first mm-hmm. game. Even so. even when we reach the conclusion of Dutch's story in the original game, you realize that he didn't really give up on his beliefs. No. But he he believes that they can't be obtained anymore. And he just kind of accepts his fate and falls He's off. giving up on the world and not himself. Yeah. Which is 
Oh, he holds on to another but, egotistical. Yeah, yeah that's some bullshit. Part. But so, so there's this moment with Dutch um, to kind of like you know wrap up our conversation with him as a villain, strictly speaking. How did you guys feel when it was revealed that he was hanging out with Micah the whole damn time? Oh, at the end of Epilogue yeah. Two. Yeah. So the the door opens. You know, you're having this shootout with Micah, and the door opens, and there's Dutch, this this bastard who you know has been in hiding, and we had mm-hmm. no idea. And had the whole time, I think, like the conversations you're having with the other surviving gang members is that you know we don't know where Dutch is, but it doesn't sound like there's ever this connotation that they might be together. Mm-hmm. And so, I felt so betrayed when that door opened and Dutch was there, and he's just been hanging out with Micah of where, all I mean, people. Where else was he supposed to go? Because on his in, own. In his mind, he that's the last remnant of his group, basically, right? And he doesn't the know faith left in him. Correct. And, yeah. right. and he doesn't know that Micah has betrayed him. But it's we, not yes, he does. Yes, yes he, he fucking so does. Everyone's like, come on. Nobody's yeah, ever told him that information directly. Arthur did yes, immediately. Did. Arthur, yes. As soon as he gets back in the cave, he's like, he did it. He yep. fucking he did it. This one. guy did. And then in this scene, too, which you can see um, that we're playing right now, if you're watching the video version, uh, John Marston shows up, too, and he says, come on, Dutch. Like, you know. Right. You know that Micah was the rat. And it's just because Dutch like, look is at his mustache. He's evil. <laughs> it's because just uh it's because Dutch is consistently just trying to believe in his story. He doesn't want to believe in any other mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Which like I'm insulted. Why would you believe that Micah's a good guy and, and like Arthur's the bad guy? Arthur's clearly Because Arthur because disagreed Arthur's doubting with him. him. Exactly. Right. And like I think that was a, that was the thing there for me that it was just like they made it he wasn't like villainous, he was just weak. And like he, I think that's yeah. a great character well, choice. His strength was weirdly his weakness. Right. Yeah. His 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 charisma, his ability to bring yeah. people together, which is very much what drew the gang to him in the first place, ended up being what ultimately was his downfall, and and made him as weak as it did at the end there. And it was just like I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just like sad because it's just a bummer in general. It's I, such a this, bummer. Th- I hated that epilogue's ending. I hated it. I thought I. Just didn't even know how to feel because it came with Dutch and, and with Micah Dutch and Micah and together. They, yeah, because it just came so out of left field for me. Yeah, it yeah. kind of for it's, me it was a little unnecessary. It's my favorite scene of the whole game. Really? Yeah. And Dutch, okay. well, Dutch just walks off after that, and then you. That's all Dutch. That's does. the second he time he does off, that. Yeah, though. Exactly. He walks off because he's fulfilling the promise to Arthur to take care of John Marston in his own way. He By leaves not him murdering all, him? He, Thanks, he doesn't Dutch. He doesn't murder him, and he leaves him all the money that he ever earned from the end of the game. He leaves him well, the that, loot so, that was entitled to him. That and that was be- his promise to Arthur earlier in the campaign. So here's the thing. So though. he finally realizes that Micah's a betrayer. He murders Micah. And he fulfills his promise to Arthur, and he that's why I Micah. love that scene. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he murders Micah because it's I like, look, it's either you murder Micah or you murder John, and like, I think yeah. in this moment, you literally just can't murder Micah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think with this ending for me, at least, like, it felt a little bit unnecessary. Like, I didn't, I don't think we needed just to, to see. Have just was like, hey, he's back. Hung out look him. at him. You still don't like him anymore. Well, so the the thing I liked about it actually, um, because I felt so betrayed, and I actually liked that I felt this like very powerful emotion upon seeing Dutch um, be there hanging out with Micah. And I think it was because for me, it really solidified like you are that lost. Like you are like that much, not the Dutch that I knew and thought you were, even though I played Red Dead one. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like, I don't know for me, it seems like that I got that when Arthur, when he left Arthur, when he walked away from Arthur dying on the side of a mountaintop, that Mm. was that for me. Yeah. Which actually the first time he walked away from you, I didn't really, I was like, Dude, you knew I was going to get out of that. Like, why did you do that at this point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, this is also uh, this Dutch. This is his his death as a as who he was throughout the whole of Red Dead Redemption Two, and he becomes the character we meet in Red Dead Redemption One. Broken, flawed. Uh, he's lost Arthur, his trusted right hand man, to to the disease that he had, and he totally fell for Micah's ploy, and he just walked away from everything. He walked away from all of it into the original game, and he started over. He still was evil, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I really thought it was sort of poetic to be cheesy. <laughs> ain't nothing, look, ain't okay. nothing cheesy about or poetry. An well, but it's it's a good point that it does kind of like contextualize the end or like the the whole of Red Dead One. It does yeah. contextualize it in the degree that like 
this is who we knew in Red Dead 1. Like, this is the character Holy. And actually, like, thinking about Red Dead 1 and how I was playing through it, I didn't really get Dutch as a character, mm -hmm. I think, as much as I do now, having yeah. played mm. through the experiences, like a prologue experience with him. So I do, like, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, like, this is one of the things we want to talk about is, like, the, the ending. Like, how does that impact our experience, our understanding of the original game? It, so first off, going back to the original game, the mm -hmm. story's all over the darn place. Yeah. You end up in Mexico, and there's some revolutionary Yeah, the, guy the first and, game has some pacing <laughs> issues to be. And, and uh, yeah, like it had a lot of the core mechanics that we love about Red Dead Redemption 2, and there was sort of this uh, open world that you could also explore. But the characters were almost caricatures yep. of who we get to learn about in Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm so glad that they were able to modernize the game. And I really, really hope once we've played through the epilogue and we can see that all of Red Dead Redemption 1 is in there, it would be so cool if Rockstar allowed us to experience that story, like did a retelling of it mm. to, to finalize. I mean, the, the fact that it's all there, like I, <laughs> I feel like that's definitely something that is a possibility on the horizon. Because like, I mean, there's been that why is a while it ago, there if not. Well, because there's been that leak from a while ago of somebody managed to get into Mexico, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think there's anything really to that now. But like, that's sure they could potentially release that as a as an expansion or DLC mm -hmm. later down the line. Um, I think there's a lot that playing through the ep I, first off, I really loved playing through the epilogues for I think what for me is a really weird reason mm -hmm. because I, so I, I played through Red Dead One, you know, within the year or so leading up to two's release, and the epilogues for me, like all of all all of that, from getting a job at Pronghorn Ranch to you know kind of splitting up with Abigail for a while to being a bounty hunter with Sadie to buying the property um, in uh, in West Elizabeth and um, building it, you build the house. The, first off, great montage, yeah. super fun. Yeah. But <laughs> all of that, we'll get to that. All that really hurt, like every. And I, I know I've told you this before. Because mm. like, you know what it's building towards? Exactly. So every everything that happened, every story beat for me that was good where, you know, John gets a job and the guy who owns the ranch really likes me. He's like, you're a good hand. Mm -hmm. And then I see John Morrison getting shot. Mm. Um, I see... <laughs> You know, it's already ruined for me. So. Yeah, sorry. spoilers <laughs> okay. for a decade-old game. We just say this was yeah, a spoiler yeah. cast. Sorry, yep. Casey. Um, <laughs> fine. But I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like you know, I see that. I see him getting the deed to his house, and then I see him getting shot by a million army guys. I see them building the house, and and Abigail and Jack coming back to live it. And then I see Jack mm -hmm. next to John and Abigail's graves going off into the world. This is like a twenty-something-year-old kid. Like all of that, that whole five to ten hours after Arthur dies broke me like every second and I loved it yeah absolutely because it's you know you're building you know what you're building towards but at the same time it's it's almost this existential question of like yeah. well would you go back and do it any differently yeah you know mm -hmm. knowing what you know exactly but I like the dedication that goes into like you know building this new life yeah um, that like you know John is, is very dedicated towards going so, towards so usually in video games I don't like missions with children and I because I played Red Dead Redemption when I have the context of Jack as a character I'm really interested to hear what Casey would think about those missions with Jack going fishing and mm -hmm. the dog. What did you think about that? So I don't actually think Red Dead Redemption 2 did a good enough job to make me attach to John Marston as a character. I, again, I don't know his story. I don't know much about him. And in Red Dead Redemption 2, I know, I know that now, but you barely, <laughs> but you barely have any one-on-one -on -one time with John. Like you save him in the mountains, mm -hmm. you blow up a bridge, you save him from prison. You steal some sheep. Okay, you steal some sheep with him. What else did you do with John? The oil tank thing. I mean, you, you, you have, you have, train. You have yeah. John. You have a bunch of missions with John. Yeah. But you, most of those missions, like, it's all about Arthur being like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. you're not so stupid anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, all Well, something that. happened between them in the past. And then mm -hmm. later on, Arthur clearly respects him a little yeah. bit more after he regains that trust. I, For me, it was so awesome seeing him in the, in the wilderness. I'm like, it's Marsden! Look We're saving Marsden! And we kind of help him become the character that he comes in the original. But yeah, that's yeah. why I was really wondering, to you, he's not fleshed out enough in the sequel. Yeah, I really, I really don't think he is. I felt more attachment to Charles and Javier and Lenny Lenny. So, Lenny, yeah, and Sadie. Lenny! Of course. Like I love Lenny, like way more so than I felt any kind of attachment to John. And 
I think they did that because they know that players already have an attachment right. to John because yeah. they've already yeah. played the other Which one. I but do, I, yeah. but I didn't. Well, mm-hmm. I, do, so, I do think that like playing through the epilogue helps with that yes, a little bit in the absolutely. sense that like you know you're finally getting getting to play as John Marston again mm-hmm. and like yeah. remembering what those roles were. So obviously we have a little bit of a different association having played through the first one. I think the I feel like the epilogue though for like is I love the way that it made me feel in in relation to the first game, but I also feel like it does some weird things to the first game because of it. Mm-hmm. So like I, how far have you guys explored into the new Austin state? A the, whole lot. All over. Okay. So yeah. have you been to Armadillo, for example? Mm-mm. So the town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The town. So I it, mean, yeah. They they sort of narratively explain away all most of the characters that you know and love. Um, but this still kind of breaks Red Dead lore, and you know I'm not I'm not usually one to try and be like a purist in that respect. But like it's weird for me to have John's story go from being like I get out of the life with my wife and my son, mm-hmm. we bought a ranch, and I've been a rancher for ten, you know, eight nine years, and then the government says we have to drag you back in to get out of the life, built a ranch, had my kids there. Now I'm gonna go rob a train every three days mm-hmm. for the yeah. rest of my life until Edgar Ross shows up. Or like the first thing that I did in Armadillo was I walked into the general store and I murdered Herbert Moon. Like <laughs> I like I know that like you know it's not canon, but like also like it kind of is to me now. Like it's your story. Yeah, but now I go back if I go back to Red Dead One, like Herbert Moon's right there yeah. being his super terrible self, and I'm just like, oh. well, that's what the post game. At least it gave you, it gave you yeah. the satisfaction of this alternate reality where you get to kill all the characters. <laughs> right. yeah. I get to kill him before yeah. I learn he's yeah. a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump over to our favorite moments in the game. Right. We, we have a few crossovers, mm-hmm. um, but but who wants to kick it off? I think we can all agree that we really loved that drinking with Lenny yep. quest. Lenny, there you go. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I legitimately it's so beautiful. It's such a good. It's like a fun mission. It's yeah. a weird break in in the dour action that mm-hmm. you're kind of in the middle of there, um, and it also does this really cool. Like I think that that is the best drunk mission oh in a God. video yeah. game mm-hmm. because it it actively captures like if even what down to the like. button prompt commands where mm-hmm. it's like um instead of greet it's like yurked. yep exactly <laughs> like, everything's shaking it's on camera so good and it's, it's such a good bonding experience yeah. oh it really is and there's which that. like really sets up for the death scene later and so in a weird way oh like my God, one of the, the worst scene, yeah. scenes not even a scene like a run yeah. the death run of yeah. lenny summers i, I had exactly. to pause the game and just go Right? Oh, no. yeah, yeah, I was like, no, I was writing a walkthrough while i was doing this and i was like i need to stop for a second yeah. and process that Lenny just got killed. Yeah. I felt a little bit tricked with how the emotions I was experiencing when Lenny dies because I'm like, those missions seemed off to me. I'm like, why am I hanging out with Lenny? Go hang out with Lenny. You know, it's like one of the missions. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? All right. Because I Lenny's guess. Rad. Yeah, well, yeah, Lenny's he has awesome. he has a really yeah. cool character, but Story-wise, the writers are like, "Well, we need to force that connection with but Lenny." But I mean, no, they, the they could have just as easily been Charles or Sadie or Javier. Though I think the idea. Well, I mean, it was, couldn't have been Javier, yeah. who right. is someone else who we definitely don't see get built up to be crazy enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's some yeah, other who, who doesn't get the later. chance to. Anyway. Yeah, I doesn't get the chance to. That. I didn't expect him to die. It still hit me, but I was kind of like, "That's why he had me do all those missions with him." I mean, yeah, there sort is of. definitely that. But I mean, like, yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot more depth to his character, I think, than that. Like, I've I spent a lot of time just hanging around the campfire, yeah, in your campgrounds because you have those like random interactions that you can kind of just like listen in on yeah and a lot of them were Lenny and like one of the ones that I loved was Lenny talking to Dutch about some book that he was reading oh yeah and they were having this like intellectual debate about the author yeah. and mm. about like you know progressive qualities at that era which right. is like really interesting like, to oh. think about back then yeah and well, so especially because that's, like, that's at the Clemens Point camp right in the middle of the south uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly so you do yeah like it's really surfacing at that point and yeah. so Lenny is that character who's like kind of exemplifying this and, and speaking to it in a really intelligent way and Dutch is a really intelligent guy so he can kind of keep up with it but you see like the differentiation there mm-hmm. there's so much like little story nuance to it and it does build his character up a little bit more but yeah obviously like I, I hurt a little bit more because he was my drinking buddy we yeah. had this moment that, that moment where uh, Arthur like spins a guy around because he thinks it's Lenny and then it's not. He's like, oh, it's you again. Yeah, and you see him about it. to throw back for a punch and then it cuts yeah. to them all dancing in a line together. It was so good. But it's great because it's like Lenny and then it phases out when the guy's like, yeah. I'm not Lenny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys so go into perfect. the room upstairs? So, no. so I wanted to bring no. that up. So there it, are certain things for the gold medal checklist and one of them is catch Lenny, catch in, the Lenny in the act. Mm. And <laughs> if you go, even before you're dr- totally drunk, if you go up the stairs and make a right and then go into the room on the right, you can see people, you know, going at it yeah. in the room. Is it really Lenny? What are they doing? 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're doing grown up. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but when you go up an, the second time, when everyone is Lenny, mm-hmm. you see both Everybody's of them Lenny. We're as all Lenny. <laughs> yeah, I don't really? think I, mean, it's, I don't it's think John actually Lenny. It's, it's, it's not because he he rolls up to you like immediately after yeah. in his mm-hmm. fully, fully clothed. clothed. Right. But it's yeah. just it's so it's a really delightful but completely stupid moment where like you open the door and there's Lenny on top of Lenny mm-hmm. and like that's you, so good. They scream at you. You scream at them. Everybody screams and then you all run away. Like it's just like it was a Scooby Doo moment. So like it felt yeah. like a Scooby Doo chase, and I love. Well, it. that's what that's why the drunk scene is so good because it's like kind of cartoonish, but mm-hmm. yet like totally relatable. It nails the the like new the like jumping back and forth between the yeah. fact that they're like laughing hysterically, so, everyone's mm-hmm. dancing, all of a sudden he wants to fight people, he's right. running from the cops. It's just my question for you guys so is how far did you make it on your escape run? I, I, oh. I made okay, it. so I ran towards yeah. a oh, wow, wow. Good for I, you. I get I hit a pole. <laughs> <laughs> That's I put that in the in the look. It's like don't run into anything. Yeah, yeah. or you will get good arrested. Tips, good tips. I uh, made it so far as the fence, and then I tripped over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's about as far as I got. Yeah, which the second time I played it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you th- so you tried this a few times. Well, I'm on my second playthrough now. <laughs> oh boy, I'm playing through as a bad guy this time. Did uh, you guys figure out what it meant by make amends with an old rival? It's one of oh. the gold medal requirements for that mission. For that mission, I think that it's mission. the guy that uh, you fought probably in the street, right? No, no, no. I think it's the guy that comes up to you in the beginning and like yeah. tries to talk to you about a thing, yeah. and then you're like. Just screw off, partner. You're dumb. I want to talk to him. I tried to, to be nice yeah. to him in a second run, and I still, I still don't get that. Really? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Because I remember do. running Someone into him again and buy, like do? buying him a drink. Oh, buying him a drink. Yeah, like uh, when you he, see him again, like uh, I think you have the ability to buy him a drink. Okay. I remember making up with him. That's what it is. So, yeah, Tina, earlier you brought up campfire, yeah. and that, that's actually one of my favorite moments, or, or one of the small pieces, and that's the little romantic stories that they've managed to tell. And there, there's three in particular. Uh, there's one where Hosea just tells a story about his late wife and how much he misses her every mm. day. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's and, so sweet. Yeah, and, and Hosea was just kind of like the dad or the grandpa yeah. of the whole gang. And Lenny, it, Lenny, I think, hurt the most, but Hosea was a... Tough, is a close second yeah. for that one, especially because like I wanted, I, like we all knew Hosea wasn't getting out of this game yeah. alive, but like yeah. I wanted it to be better than that. For e- him. Even he knew it. He brought it up several. He's like, I don't have much time left. Oh, either yeah. I, I don't think he thought. Yeah, he, he paints a big fat target age. on himself. Um, and then also there's the Arthur story with a woman who he loved in his Mary. life, and oh, and he still, damn it, Mary. Even even though like they didn't have a great relationship. Um, he still cared about her, and he still well. You treated could choose her. to. Yeah, I mean, later on, you could like go to a play with her and kind of go on a date. But did they, you guys go on the date? Rekindled. Did everyone go on the date? I went on the date. That was not part of the. I tried to put my arm around her, yeah, and it got fair. weird. I watched. Oh, I watched really? it uncomfortable. Later, I yeah. watched somebody play through the whole love line because I was so curious what happened. I missed watch, the last one. If you watch the end credit, she actually goes to yeah. his grave, which is super sweet, and, and mourns his loss in life. And, I saw and that. I really liked that a lot. I missed the last quest with her. Yeah, when she you come sent back me some from Warma. super passive. She was super ornery yeah. about it. Like, dude, I've done so much for you. How, right? how are you? What did not? she say? Yeah. Um, she was like, I guess you'll never change, like just like I thought. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm, I'm something like she well, was wrapping lady, up some really I'm like dying of right. tuberculosis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, she doesn't know that, but I wonder yeah. if that's that last mission where it's just like instead of getting the letter, she just tells you all that in person. In and person, then you're like, probably. Well, here's the fun part, Mary. I'm dying of tuberculosis. And then she has to feel she really probably, bad. May, no, she would probably turn it around and be like, Oh, you you deserve that because you're an outlaw and <laughs> no. you didn't get me enough. Uh, no, Mary loves Arthur. Mm, oh, she, Arthur. She, she, no, she regrets over she over regrets not being together with him. They were gonna try and run away together mm-hmm. and then yeah, he went and sure. gets sick. likely story mary I, you just want me to save your brother or father I, sister whatever I think she, uncle's farm i yeah. think she did love him and it's sort of tragic like their love story yeah. when it plays out in its entirety because she realized she was an idiot basically and i don't know what happens with that character we don't get to find that out i mean but, this uh, is what i like I, about, it's one of those things like what if if mm-hmm. her father had allowed her to marry arthur would arthur still be with this gang or Ooh. would he have settled down with her. Or would Mary be with the gang or dead? What I love about it is it's not perfect. It's totally yeah. messed up. Their relationships like not relationships. great. And 
And yeah, so often in video games, it's like, you got the girl, whatever. They don't really develop into like what an actual messed up relationship would be like. And that's what those two have. And then the final one uh, is the engagement. Mm -hmm. It was such a sweet, We're, touching moment. And John used oh, and the, epilogue. Um, yeah. the ring that Arthur had. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that, that, that yeah. fucking yeah. broke my yeah. heart right yeah. there. But it was so perfect because uh, because Arthur really wanted John to like mm -hmm. live this family yeah. life. And, and all of his mm -hmm. last acts were towards yeah. like, I making, think, like, exactly. making that setup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that it the was, sixth chapter kind of ran a little bit long mm -hmm. after yeah. you got diagnosed. Just because, mm -hmm. like, you're just sort of waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Like I like that sort of tone where it's like, well, that's I mean, that's kind of what that's to work. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's like. But I love the idea that like, even if Arthur and John aren't super close, like if you don't know him that well, like the idea that like, there's still like a, a chunk of goodness left within mm -hmm. this crowd of people. And it's this family unit. And it's like this one good thing that Arthur tries to save when he realizes everything has gone to shit. I think that's really, really sweet. Um, and it's a nice moment. For those who yeah. don't know what tuberculosis is, it's a, an infection of the lung. Not saying that you guys don't know, but it's an infection I of the lung. I don't know. What is it? Mm -hmm. All right. Tuber tuberculosis is caused by bacteria, and it infects your lungs, and there's no, there was no way to cure it back then because antibiotics weren't discovered until the 1920s. And this game occurs at the very, like, yeah. 1899 or something like yeah, that? It's like yeah. the turn of the So, century. like, 20 years later, he could have just taken some medicine and been fine. Just been yep. sick for 20 years, Arthur. Yeah. God. So, but, also, but actually, the med I read all about it, too. Yeah. And, like, the medicine was just, like, there were some people that they were trying to treat with it. So I'm like, he was so close. Yeah. But, you know what's yeah, hilarious? Yeah. Um, when you go on, I, actually, I think this is one of your favorite moments when you walk with rainfalls yes and he actually picks a couple herbs yeah. to give mm. you so i accidentally it, it's not going to cure anything for you but it does help yeah uh, it helps like your breathing and, and your stamina um but i accidentally fed one of the items to my horse <laughs> <laughs> so there goes that and then i went around looking for ginseng anywhere yeah. i could but and oh. you actually can't you can't combine those two items it was uh, i can't remember what they were but those two herbs i couldn't figure you it out you can, were supposed but to but there is you have to put the them with yarrow root okay uh, it's it's an extra yeah. thing but yeah. it's just a, it's just a way, help Gonna okay. die, so like it's, it's not, fine. yeah, it's not like a cure. You're not gonna yeah. be not sick anymore. It's just like a health yeah. potion. But I really, I really liked that moment of just going on a leisurely walk with Rain's Fall because Arthur got to talk about himself. Yeah, and that is something that is incredibly rare in this game. You don't get to hear about what Arthur is truly feeling at all yeah. times, and here you get to learn that Arthur had a son. Yeah. I had no that, idea. Oh man, I completely forgotten about that till yeah. just this moment. And yeah. damn, if that didn't hurt. Yeah, yeah I was like, what? Yeah, it's a whole new dimension that I have to think about now. It was like that picture on his on his side table. I'm like, yeah, what is this? It and all like, comes and then together. it's just like, oh yeah. shit. Which is what yeah. I love about Rockstar storytelling yeah. in this game. It's just like mm -hmm. these little pieces. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and it it made me want to replay this mission because I wanted to hear more of what Arthur had to say. Because there's only a limited amount of topics you can choose to discuss with Rain's Fall, and Rain's Fall's advice and comments are incredibly knowledgeable and wise. And it was just very interesting to actually hear. Arthur finally open up to someone about mm -hmm. everything that is bothering him and his life in general. Yeah. And I think it's because it's a person who isn't like totally connected to with him. It's not somebody <laughs> in the gang, someone who's going to be like, stop being a softie, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he can get a wise, objective opinion yeah. from and him. And it's because he's grappling with his own death and mortality. Yeah, I mean, I think and, he's like really reflecting on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he literally says in the sequence, like, well, I'm going to die soon, so yeah. I may as well talk may to well you about this. It all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Weird fun fact is that tuberculosis is still a thing. Mm -hmm. You can still get the consumption. Yeah. Yes. And it takes like many months of antibiotics. Yeah. It takes at least we have antibiotics. A ton of antibiotics, yeah. like multiple different kinds of antibiotics over a very long course of time. Yeah. And it's still It's awful. like nine months. Yeah. It's still awful. That's really terrible. <laughs> yeah. On a lighter it's note, did anybody extreme. else go to a really fun party? <laughs> Uh, no, yes. which one? That was so. That's my the mayor's party. That was my favorite oh, moment. Yeah, but this is it's my favorite moment because of sort of what I was talking about earlier. With the, there's the story Rockstar is telling, and then there's a the story that you're telling within the world itself. Mm -hmm. And so, like the the whole of chapter four is a there's a lot of great fish out of water moments where it's like Arthur's wearing a tuxedo. Oh, and you yeah. know that he shouldn't be. But like that whole chapter for me was made so much better by the fact that I had this gargantuan ZZ Top beard going on. <laughs> I mean, it was literally like it was a ten out of ten beard. Mm -hmm. It was as big as you could get it and huge and bushy. So like there were all these like conversations with the mayor and the mayor's aides and all these like diplomats around St. Denis beard. being like, oh yeah, it's so it's so interesting having all of you uh, roughneck gentlemen out here. And then Arthur <laughs> it just cuts to Arthur being like, well, maybe we ain't the fanciest folk. And then his beard jiggles a whole <laughs> this bunch. This is my gameplay, unfortunately. It's, so uh, yeah, I, I wish I had mine to, to put in. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, as, I would shave his beard regularly. I'm like, you gotta shave, dude. That's what I'm doing now yeah. in my current playthrough. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I get back from Guarma, I kept the beard through Guarma. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as I came back, I immediately was like, this shit has to go. Yeah. Yeah. What mm. what kind of facial hair did you play with, Tina? Um, I went with a uh, scruffy at first because I like the five o'clock like shadow look. Mm. And then um, uh, the first time when he got kidnapped. Oh uh, yeah, that was back a great with a bushy beard. Yeah. I was oh, like, I'm yeah. gonna rock this. I'm gonna keep it like clean, but I'm gonna rock it. And, uh, and then eventually I switched over to like long hair and, and then the five o'clock shadow again. I like it's, to switch it up. You know? It's so funny you say that about the kidnapping because I kept the beard too because I'm like, he would struggle with this for a while. I think so. And yeah. and like, I'm going to let him have the beard for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. He needs a depression yeah. beard. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Depression yeah. Beard. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one of my uh, favorite moments, too, was what we already kind of discussed earlier was like building the house for Abigail. Oh, yeah. And like, A, it is a really fun montage, which you mentioned. It's just super. It's like very yeah, 80s style. Like, like, yeah, and you you press the button in time with the music to yeah. get yeah. all of your hits perfect. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. QTE doesn't get game. annoying yeah. either because yeah. they right. actually like pull it away from you and then it just kind of like auto plays through the, like, mm -hmm. some of those moments. Yeah. But yeah. the thing I really loved about it was the fact that Rockstar makes you go through those like QTE moments, like really mm -hmm. just it displays a level of like you're putting work into this you're yeah. yeah effort into this like this is kind of monotonous a little bit mundane but like mm -hmm. you're doing this for abigail mm -hmm. and like it just goes <sighs> through like the months of it work that they're so bad. yeah and but you, you know you see time going by i think actually his beard grows it does yeah too um so i i love that like all he's focused on is making amends to abigail and he might not even necessarily agree because even the guy at the bank is telling him, and, and the guy at the saloon was telling him, like, oh, that space? That's what you bought? Why are you You're buying gonna, that, Yeah, you like, idiot. that's the worst investment. Like, He's maybe like, well, you can ranch goats. <laughs> yeah, if that. But I, he was doing it anyway because that's just what Abigail wanted. He wanted I to do right by her. criticized him so much when he just went off and bought that property without talking to her. Mm -hmm. It's like, she oh, hasn't yeah. seen it. She just mentioned that she saw it in the newspaper. Like, would she still want you to buy it if she had actually seen it? But You're just going to go do it without consulting her about your finances putting yourself John. in debt? Well, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> wait, at that time, though, she's yeah. gone. She's yeah. written him off. I know. Right? He so needs to do the thing to prove it. I know they end up together, but you must have thought, like, she's not going to come back to you. Like, I'm just thinking, like, in real life, if I had a had a boyfriend or fiance or husband or whatever <laughs> and just offhand is like we should buy uh we should buy this uh $500,000 car because I think it looks cool and then <laughs> something happened we had a falling out and I left and then he came back he's like I bought this 500,000 car and now I'm <laughs> super bad debt and I did it all for you I'd be he like just rolls you up in a Tesla. <laughs> so like what's wrong with you a, yeah. a couple differences one is yeah. that you know she was gone like Dustin said like yeah. she was gone she was not coming back and that was the last thing that she told him yeah. that she wanted mm -hmm. and also it's not just like a cool looking ranch she yeah, was like yeah. she, she she wants to know this. This basically was a, like an indicator to her that I'm willing it's, to put in the work to try to make the life mm -hmm. that you think yeah. that we it's can live. It's a commitment yeah. to staying put yes. and trying to make a better life. Yeah, I totally understand that. But and my knee jerk yeah. reaction was just, oh man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a dumb decision to make. But I, I do like that he also um, gets to this point with Abigail where uh, he's still doing the bounty hunting and she doesn't totally approve. But they compromise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's like, look, like this is who I am. You know, this is who you married. And I will do things for you, like build this ridiculous house on this right. ridiculous mm -hmm. plot of land. I just want to say, I'm really bummed that I can't wear this outfit <laughs> playthrough. Yeah. Just the pants with suspenders and no shirt Can you look. not? You can't. No, you have to wear it. You have to choose That's to wear bummer. a shirt. You have and this to was wear such a, a cute scene, too, if you're watching the video. Yeah. They, they pull back and they just look at their accomplishment, right? you know? And by I, the end of it, when the house was done, I pulled back and I took 20 screenshots yeah. of the Oh, yeah. It's like, house. look what I made. Yeah. For the most part, it's how you actually build a house, too. And that was an attention to detail that I really appreciated yeah. on the I mean, I think that, side. look, that if there's... We can say a lot about this game, but mm -hmm. I think the, the most... Prominent thing we can say about this game is that attention to detail is not something that was skimped on in any way, shape, or form. I don't know, guys. Doing work in the middle of the night when it's dark out doesn't seem very safe to me. Um, that's how I build all my houses. <laughs> this is the old West. They didn't have safety laws <laughs> or anything like that. He's so. not even wearing a harness. <laughs> um, totally not a. Where are your hard hats? Again, like yeah. every moment of that montage, like it was really sweet. It was great. Like, yeah, but I had such conflicting feelings because every hammer and every nail was an army officer's gun getting cocked. It was just. It's like it really it hurt it like really made me sad the, like when they when they stand back and they look at the finished house and they're like oh we did all you it. see is the blood spattered around literally it, that, like yeah. you see the barn going up and I'm just like oh god Johnny no <laughs> and like by the end of it That's like the barn I tried to hide in what but like when they 
take a step back and they actually look at it. Like I had a moment where I was like, oh shit, all right, Rockstar, you're pulling some tears out of me. That's fine. Yeah. It's okay. They sure know how to do that. They they do indeed. I actually liked it because we actually get to see that he did have a few moments of happiness in mm -hmm. his life before his ending. And he and Abigail, you know, they make up, they live in this house for a while. Uh Uncle is the there. Trains. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle is there. And like they were able to build this life together yeah. and actually yeah. be a family unit for a while. And, and I'm they, like, oh, so he had that. And that was mm -hmm. consoling to me. Yeah. Because I, I know how he ends. Right. Like I love that those moments. It, it, they're still very good and happy moments. I'm glad. But I'm just like, it's just, it speaks to, to I think, the evolution in Rockstar's storytelling mm -hmm. that they can elicit that sort of emotional response from me. Mm -hmm. Especially, um, just about Uncle. I didn't think I would care mm -hmm. as much about Uncle as I did when he got kidnapped after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that was well, especially when how you saw how he was kidnapped. Yeah, because yeah. he had been presented as annoying. John yeah. just constantly like berates him for being lazy and annoying. Oh, Arthur yeah. too. Arthur. Yeah, and then he and then he gets kidnapped and it's like, oh no, Uncle. And then you mm -hmm. hear about um, it was Charles saying. You, we might have to put him out of his misery. And I was, yeah. Oh, and when we finally see him and he's in that state, I I was worried he was he was going to die. <laughs> I yeah. was genuinely worried about this character that I didn't think I actually cared that much about. Oh, so I'm really they, jealous on that front. Well, cause, cause he's he's still there in the first game, oh, so like yeah. he still lives at the house. Oh, with you. I was convinced yeah. that he was. We were going to find him tortured to death. Oh yeah. no, that would have yeah. been yeah. terrible. Yeah. You bicker. He's annoying, but he's family. Yes, he's your and uncle. That's and why he's loyal. Those, exactly, yeah. and that's why those emotional responses are excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it it also goes to show that like nobody in the gang was perfect, but that's what family is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so there were some like Dutch who actually end up betraying you and not being, like that family mm -hmm. quality, but then then uncle who like still pulled his weight and. Sort Some of. ways, sort of, yeah. yeah. Sort of. He he supervised real good. Yeah. Well, speaking of tearful moments, uh -oh. um, another one of my favorite moments was when you're riding off to confront Dutch uh. Uh, and tell him, like, Micah, Micah's the one. He's been ratting us out. Yeah. And, like, you know, the music plays and it goes into cinematic view mm -hmm. and everything's like this orange glowy haze and you're just riding forward and all these lines from, like, scenes in the game play through your head. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Arthur's last ride, it's if just, you're watching the video version, ride, this is yeah. it right here. And and it's so, so good. It's these moments that, like, remind me of of moments that I had that felt like they were my own in yeah. the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm just remembering like, oh yeah, I had that thing with like a random encounter or a stranger mission yeah. or, a, or a main mission. And it like reminded me both of all of the moments that I shared with people, but also like how amazing the pacing of the game was in like moving from big story mission to like small stranger right. mission to like random yeah, encounter and, like, mission. It's, it's that whole thing of like the gang and you and the world, like all existing in the same place together. Um, and I think it was, it was really funny because I liked this, this musical interlude so much more than, because they do it a couple of times yeah. in this. Um, the the one when you get back from chapter five, when you come back from Gorma and have to ride back to Shady Bell, I don't know about you guys, I was not a big fan of that moment. <laughs> like it felt like, well, so in the first game, there's that moment where you learn that Bill is hiding in Mexico with Javier yeah. and you have to ride to Mexico and they play that really cool song as you ride mm -hmm. in, which was, you know, to me, it was a cool thing. It was not like, oh my God, like a lot of people kind of have as like sort of it was, oh my religious God, experience me. in so, the game. Right. That's incredible. what that is yeah. for some people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they were tr like the one when I got back from Guarma when I played through that the first time, it felt like they were trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Mm -hmm. And it just was kind of like, all right, I, get, I know why you guys are doing this, but this isn't that super great. But then when this one showed up later, I was completely not expecting it. Yeah. And it was, it's just such a great moment because you do get all those moments where, and it's cool too because it's depending on how you played it. Yeah. Like I, I replayed it earlier with mm -hmm. super low honor. And mm -hmm. like it's, the music is still the same song, but like it goes through and it's like, you know, instead of the one where that, uh, that dude who's, uh, who you, kind of like intimidated to death instead of his son being like you saved me mister I don't know what we'd have done yeah. without you instead he was like please don't kill me mister yeah. and then Arthur's just like oh, you think I care about killing yeah. anybody and I'm just like oh my god this is so much hard more hardcore yeah, yeah you have to um, reckon with what you've done yeah it's so, so good it is and so for me I felt like you know because Arthur the whole time is grappling with like who am I am I Dutch is Dutch mm -hmm. bad am I bad is Dutch good you know all of these yeah. questions and so in this moment when he's reflecting back for me it kind of reminds me like yeah I did some good things you know mm -hmm. I maybe I led this lifestyle style of a you know a crime um someone who's like involved in crime all the time but at the same time like there were things that i did that i believed in that yeah. i believe dutch was part of too so i really wrapped the story up in this like amazing yeah. really natural feeling way that i immediately connected to because of all the things that i did in the game like it was just 
perfect. That yeah, especially leading into that like final confrontation where it's just like just totally reinforcing who you have chosen to be in this game mm-hmm. and, and like just letting you really live in that and own that all the way there because it's a it's a lengthy ride sequence. Um, and then when you get off the horse, you're like, all right, I know exactly how this is going to play out. No, I don't. But I, like, I know yeah. exactly how I'm going to choose to act throughout. And you know what? If I was riding off to confront Dutch, like my father figure, I'd be reflecting the hell oh, of my hell yes. too. Like it just felt well, very realistic in that way. I think to him, he's riding to his death. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. one way or another, he, yeah. he, oh, he knows he's like, yeah. he's either he's going to kill me or Micah's going to kill me. This yeah. will be my end. There's, oh, there's that wonderful, wonderful moment with him when he, when he rescues Abigail from the Pinkertons and yeah. like he puts her on Sadie's horse and she starts to be like, oh, Arthur. And he's just like, don't know Arthur me. And it was like that moment mm-hmm. where he's just kind of like, nope, this is happening. Like, yep. I need you to go take this money. Please be better than we were. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm just getting the clump just thinking about it. It was so good. Um, it, it's like, again, like it just shows you how far Rockstar's come as storytellers since, even since GTA 5 and the first Red Dead. But like, it's just, it's just really impressive that they can continuously throughout, you know, a 40 minute chunk of gameplay make me feel so many different things, both good and bad. Mm. Um, it's really impressive, and I liked it a lot, yeah. and I had a lot of feelings about it. Casey, did the musical interludes do anything for you? I The first time I encountered it, I was definitely taken by surprise. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't understand, but it was made it me... Was it weird? It made me think that this was a more important moment than other moments I had experienced before. Mm-hmm. It made me pay a little bit more attention to what was going on, because it made me think, okay, what is about to happen is an important beat in the game. Mm-hmm. Which is accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a kind of like tone-setting tool that they use. I, I liked it. I liked them. I don't think it took me out of the game or anything. It just made me more interested. I remember the Mexico moment in the first game just being this incredible. I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I don't even remember what was happening that made me have that response. But I remember it being one of my favorite moments of the original Red Dead Redemption. So for for you, that's your first experience. And for you, it's just like a heightened awareness that something big is going to happen. Maybe it's because like during that mission, you're finally going to take on Bill. Is that what it was? In huh. in Red, Red Dead, Dead the first one, yeah. yeah. I I know you're going to Mexico. I don't re- exactly remember what the context was. It was like that you're going I, I there think it to was a find final Bill. confrontation like thing. Right. So it's yeah. like okay, yeah. Well, because the song that they play in that one is not the Compass song. It's um. But, I forget the name of the other but one. To but to me, like, it's telling me, like Casey said, hey, you're finishing the story. Yeah. This is the end one way or another. Right. Like for, for the for the first games one, it's, it felt very much like, you know, this is you processing a failure mm-hmm. and and sort of reconciling with your issues to succeed again in the future. Yeah. Whereas with this one, this moment at the end where you're riding off to, to confront Dutch Micah and the rest is is just all about reckoning with what you've done. Mm. It's just, it's really, really well done. Mm. So since we're talking about the ending and like the fate of all of these characters, how do we feel about Arthur and how do we feel about the rest of the gang members? You know, do you feel satisfied with how that everything wrapped up to, in the end? The way I played Arthur was as a good guy. So I feel pretty good about how things wrapped up because I was mainlining the game and I didn't get to a lot of the side stuff. I totally would have did all the dating stuff had I had time with Mary mm-hmm. just to see how that played out. Um, there's a lot of stranger missions I didn't get to do, but uh, I really, really like Arthur, and I like the way that he was presented, and it, it was really sad the way that he went out at the end. Like, so he, he basically just dies because of his tuberculosis. Okay, so you got the good, he, good ending. Yeah, but so not, not because he lost his fight. So there are four endings, to my understanding. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, there the, the big choice at the end of the mission is, you know, obviously you go whether to help John get away and reach his family, or you go back for the money. And you can do those things regardless of what your honor level is. So there's four choices. Basically, go help John, high honor, low honor, go get the money, high honor, low honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the high honor, low honor is, I feel like it's the one that we mostly probably all So I was high before. honor, help John. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Same me here. too. Yeah. Yep. Because that's the right choice. Because we're good people. Yeah. We're good people. <laughs> we're good people. Yeah. Um, Nobody I, played Blackout like in the office. I was really surprised. Ryan, 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 Ryan did, Ryan but he's McCaffrey. not through the game yet. Well, so I went back and I replayed the ending and I used a cheat to have super low honor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other ending... So the, the let's let's talk about the good good ending because we all got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is if there is a canon ending to this to Arthur's story, it's mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that moment where it's like Dutch gives up on you, and it's just so sad. Mm-hmm. But he also prevents you from getting murdered by some asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, like in that last moment, you're like, you know what? No, John, get away. I did as best I could. And you get to see the sunrise. Is that really the better way to go, though? Just slowly, 
bleeding out with and that sounds like a terrible slow way. It really, it really does sound like an yeah. awful way to die. Um, but I, from a from a visual storytelling yes, standpoint, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I don't think Arthur feels like he deserved a better ending. Mm -hmm. I think as a character, he's like, this is what I deserve, but I get a little bit of beauty here at the end. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, I was trying to imagine what that character would be thinking. And I'm like, for him, I think this is a good ending. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it, he, that made me feel good. I think he feels comforted by the fact that he feels that John made it out okay. That's and all that he's he wanted. Yeah. Have, that's all he wanted in the end. And mm -hmm. I think he saw a lot of himself in John, like even though in the beginning they were like very kind of at odds because of, of him bailing on the group for a while because yeah. you know at the same time, Arthur still feels like loyalty dedication mm -hmm. is number one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in the end, he saw a lot of himself in John and just wanted him to live the life that he didn't live. And the fact that he had a kid also kind of like comes into play there too. Yeah, Because yeah. he has a chance him. to have a father son relationship that he was never able to foster exactly mm -hmm. yeah so he has this opportunity now to like yeah you know, to, to reflect on the fact that he's like made that opportunity um viable for john and yeah. if not him yeah I, I i really love the way that they that they handled the the good good ending mm -hmm. um i think the I, I did the bad bad ending and it was like pretty rough it's, it's grim yeah. right it's really great so like it you go back for the money yeah you go back for the money it's and then like stabbed. micah stabs you in the back and then mm -hmm. like you knife fight for a few minutes and then like he stabs you again and again and then like a fourth time mm -hmm. and then dutch comes by and he could still totally save you even though you've been stabbed a bunch um and he just walks away and then micah like you try you're like crawling away really pitifully yeah and then really he pitiful. just stabbed you in the back one last time and you just slowly Oof. die and that's yeah. it yeah you can't give that to micah you can't play bad <laughs> I like. I will say I like that your spirit animal changes depending on how good or bad you were. Oh, what's mm -hmm. the bad one? It's a wolf. Oh, so when you, I thought it was like snakes and wolves. Like it's kind of. I didn't see all of them. I only saw okay. the very last one. Fair, fair. Um, so like in, in the yeah. in the good ending, you see, <laughs> Real bad. you know, as he like looks out and the sun comes up, you have that really great dissolve where it's the the uh, deer, the stag, kind of like drinking from the river, yeah. and like riding off into the top of a hill. Mm. In the bad one, it's it's a wolf in the rain going into a cave, and, <laughs> and then it just like cuts back to Arthur. And he's like, <laughs> it's like, oh bummer. And interestingly, you actually do have those moments where you see like if. If you're playing um, as a good character, you have the deer and or you have the wolf in your dreams too. Yeah, so like which when is you're super sleeping. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. When or you're sleeping and you see them or like oh, yeah, yeah, there's when yeah. your time jumps and stuff. Yeah. There he is. Oh, there's that there's wolf the right wolf. there if you're watching the video version. But he's um, so pretty. How could he be evil? It would be hard for me to break down each of the gang members, but I'll, I'll the ones I connected with the most were uh Marsden, Dutch, uh Micah in a negative way, um uh Sadie Adler. Love Sadie. Mm -hmm. She's and a great one. Yeah. I think those are the four that I, I remember just looking at the photo behind you mm -hmm. the most out of all the gang members. Um, there was sort of the mother of the camp who kind of took Susan. Yeah. And Miss Susan and Miss Grimshaw. When Susan yeah. killed Molly, I was like, oh, damn, Susan. She was not messing yeah. around. That she was her. That was her. Can I speak to your manager? Voice, yeah. And she meant it. <laughs> she spoke to that manager. She's, she spoke to that manager all the way to the bank. <laughs> so those, those so were the, her at the end, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Getting those gut shot. The, those were the gang members that impacted me the most, I would say. Mm -hmm. I was really upset when Sean died because yeah. I felt like we just rescued him. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I get to learn about this cute Irish boy. <laughs> yeah. And then he got shot in the head in front yeah, of me. It was he was a bit bad. of a throwaway. I don't yeah. think people see. I liked Sean enough as a character, but yeah. it was just like you're either gonna disappear, like you're gonna yeah. run away or become yeah. a traitor, or you're just gonna die. Well, there's so many characters you need that balance. Yeah, you just yeah. kind of do need cannon fodder exactly. sometimes. Exactly. And he was fun cannon Poor fodder. Sean. Like that was the thing. Well, because like any anytime <laughs> you rode back to the camp and heard him talking about this uh, telling a story or interacting with other people, like he was a very lively, very son kind of rough around the edges character, but I liked him a lot. And so yeah. it did, it still hurt. Like this is the great thing that they do with all of these characters. Cause like even Sean, even, um, you know, Abigail, I wasn't super invested in Abigail for much of the game really until about the end of the last act. But they do this really well with everyone, where they just really do flesh each person in your group out as an individual. They give them their moments. Yeah. Exactly. And Abigail's yeah. was, you know, the epilogue. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Abigail's Especially was the epilogue, and that end where she kills Milton too. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. ooh, girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially if you take the time to hang out around camp right. and listen to yes. everyone's conversations. It adds so much depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if yeah. you do like the optional activities, like, did you guys go fishing with Karen? 
No, I no. don't know. Uh, I, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we all know what happens to Kieran. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Poor so that, he that, tried. that yeah, mo- he really he, did like, try. I felt yeah. so bad. He's honestly one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I felt so bad for that little Irish boy. He's the opposite of Dutch. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> just so earnest. And he's just yeah. like, I literally have nowhere else to turn to. The mm-hmm. world will eat me alive if yeah. you don't take me in. Please, I'm begging you. I will do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tries so hard. He's so like does. on like you you take him fishing and like you guys get to know one another. And Arthur's like, well, maybe you ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then they chop his head off and put it in his yep. own two hands. I'm uh, just like, oh, Kieran, buddy. There's actually one character none of us discussed yet. And I, I feel we have to bring it up. And that is the relationship with your horse. Oh, does yeah. everybody oh, does horse. everybody remember three. when your horse died or did you use them as cannon fodder? Because for me, I had the same All horse three. the whole game until the Sadie Adler revenge mission where a glitch happened and he died. And I was so I was so upset. Oh, like we bummer. know how he's supposed to pass in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and, moment fudging hurt. Yes. So unfortunately it was a track for me because when it happened on the Sadie Adler mission, I just stood over my horse and I didn't know what to do. Like people came in to hunt me and I'm like, I need a moment. Get out of here. <laughs> God, like, just give me a second. Like, God. And I just sat there with a the horse. I'm Did like, you reset your game. I'm like, can I reload the save? No, like I, I, I would have been set back so oh, far. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like... Annual saves after every I mission. I had to go. Yep. And I got another horse, and it was the same thing, but it was a boy horse instead of a girl horse. It's a different Aww. horse. And I was like, oh, I... So the horse moment was detracted, but I understand the impact most yeah. players... What we all name our horses? So my first horse's name was Horse. Good. <laughs> it, was, right. it was the draft horse that... Oh, it was the big Shire horse? Yeah, because I want to... He's a big, big, beefy boy. Big boy. Yeah. And I assumed I'd be able to find other horses that were his size and comparable stats, and I just never Mm. came across one until the almost very end. I mean, you could steal them from wagons. Yeah, you could, and I just never did. I was looking for a horse that looked like a Pona. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) I named my horse Matilda. Matilda. That's it. Rip Matilda. That's just a horse name. I don't know. That's fair. fair. I didn't even think about it. What did the stable hands tell you? (laughs) Was he like, that's a good name for a horse? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) He did not like my name for my horse. Oh, really? What did he (laughs) say? Well, so the first, uh, first my name, my horse's name was Alpo. um, Mm. And then Alpo 2. And then he could hit by a train. Um, oh, no. But Alpo 3 lived through the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I named my horse Alpo 3, the guy at the stable was like, your horse is liable to buck you off with that name. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay, guy, I'm thanks. Sure randomized. Because he knows yeah. two horses died before. Well, randomized. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, the dialogue. Yours was just oh, random? Oh, no, no, no. My, my horse's name? No, I, I named all my horses um, Farsi words. So the, like, because I speak Farsi. Oh, okay. Um, and so the one that you get in the mountaintop, what is the name of the horse again? The type of the horse, the like oh, the, the horse, the mountain horse. Oh, oh, the like, the, the uh, elite oh, Arabian. Yeah, the yeah. elite oh. Arabian horse. So I, I named that one um, the Farsi word for uh, snowball, which is what? Uh, it's called Barfak. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I had a gold horse. I called that Tala, which is gold and Farsi. Mm-hmm. So cool. That's yeah. been your lesson. <laughs> Go on. Great. For the day. I learned a lot. Today. Yeah. And so did you. And so did you. Uh, And on that note, thank you guys so much for participating. And thank you all for watching, listening, uh, wherever you're hearing all of this from. Uh, We have plenty of other Red Dead Redemption 2 content on the site. Keep it down to IGN.com. Thanks, guys. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.